Petersfield's Shine Radio. This is Talking Books, presented by Susie Wilde and Tim O'Kelly. listening to Talking Books with Tim O'Kelly from One Tree Books and Susie Wilde and it's January Tim and our 41st edition lovely <laughs> and it's a suitably January kind of day today isn't it it's it's bright and freezing cold it, it is freezing cold and we're up in your eerie at One Tree Books so it's rather splendid because we have got some sunshine so how was Christmas for you vis-a-vis books well, we did. We had uh, had a pretty good, pretty good season in the in the bookshop, um, and I got through lots of nice books, which is always good. Excellent. We'll hear more of those in a moment. Um, as you know, Richard and I were doing the sort of Icelandic book flood idea. Can you say that in Icelandic, please? No. Look, <laughs> book of flood. Look of flood. I don't like think it's as obvious as that. It's something completely bad hand at Scrabble. Um, okay. But that's basically what it translates as. And I think that the, the One Tree Books was the major recipient of... For those who don't know what, what a book flood, book, the book flood thing is, why don't you tell us, Why it? don't you tell us, Tim? Well, it's where you, it's where you, you give each other books uh, on Christmas Eve and then you spend um, the rest of the time reading them. We do. Sounds, sounds like a great plan. A book's chocolate, but in our case we had our Christmas goose and, and cooked it on Christmas Okay, Eve. in front of a roaring fire with with flagons of, of mead or something. No, no. <laughs> it was no. just the red wine, it was just lovely. So I'm going to kick off with um, just a brief mention that in the Sunday Times yesterday they were talking about celebrity publishing. Um, Did you see it? I didn't. What were they saying? Well, it's very interesting. It's completely vindicated my feeling that it's getting slightly out of hand, that um, if you don't already have a following, or preferably you're a debut novelist and you have a huge TikTok following, they're the Mm. ones that really get... uh, famed for books and they've devised three categories one of which you'd be pleased with the writers who happen to be famous but can actually write like Richard Osman I've never said that he can't write I've always said if he was just on a slush pile he'd never have had that book picked up Um, and so it is because his agent said oh Richard Osman has a book and therefore everybody read the manuscript. So you've got those. Reverend Richard Coles is another. who, And I think Graham Norton is also somebody who can really write. So that's one category. The other is the people who have ghostwriters, like Shirley Ballas, uh, with Sheila McClure, who's written 30 thrillers of her own. And the ghostwriter is absolutely credited on the front. And I think that's also utterly legitimate. But the third grey area is the celebrities who don't credit their ghostwriter and are simply published because they've got this colossal following on TikTok and the poor old ghostwriter gets no credit at all. Hopefully they get paid, but that's about it, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I don't they know They don't get, they get the kudos. Paid. Well, maybe they don't want the kudos from being associated with this particular celebrity. Oh, that, I don't that's know. a point, isn't it? But yeah, um, but yeah no, I, 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 um, I think that that it is very hard to get published and it'll probably always has been but it probably seems harder now than it ever has um, and 
it's frustrating if you if you have written what you think is a pretty good book, but you don't not get a sniff from a publisher, and and they won't go near it, um, because they say, well, you know, you, we need you to be famous before we actually you know <laughs> interested in publishing you, which seems seems a bit of a drag. But there are still some good people getting published who are who are not celebrities and also who are who are very un kind of um, what's the word? They're not that they're. Not, they're not. They're not the beautiful people who you know who always who always seem to get you know get published. Uh, there are still people out there who who write brilliant books and get published. That's half because me. they've written brilliant books. So you know that that that's and it won't be bad for book sales. I mean, the whole reason is because it sells books, which is obviously good for bookshops as well yes. in a way. Well, also to get you know if if people you know we we want people to be reading really. Yes. Not really not really too worried what they read. Obviously, it'd be nice if they if. Everybody read were brilliant books by brilliant authors, um, but you know the, the world's not like that. This is the argument, though, that they say, isn't it? The rising tide lifts all boats. We'll see. But Richard Osman has sold ten million worldwide, which has is really? pretty Gosh. wonderful, really. Wow! And he yeah. sees himself as a writer, so I rather like that. He said, "This is his. Well, this he, is I who he is." I think he's given up the telly now, and yeah. he just he basically he he he. Yeah, he defined himself as a writer. And yes. that's, what he, that's what he loves doing, that's what he's good at, and that's what he's going to stick with. Yeah, he is so, good at it. Good anyway, so I've read some really good books. Um, that first, I would say The Running Grave. Now, that's seventh in the Cormoran Strike series by Robert Galbraith, who we all know is J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah. And I didn't read... I realised, I was shocked to find this was the seventh, so I think there's quite a few I haven't read, because... Like Harry Potter, they're just getting thicker and thicker and thicker. But this one is about a cult, and I'm rather interested in cults, and apparently she's researched it thoroughly. And I have to say that had it not been Christmas, I still might not have read it, because it really is thick. It is long, yeah. But, oh, yeah. it's good. It was. Yeah, no, she, I mean, she does, she does do this. I think she's, she did it with Harry Potter, so they get longer and longer. Uh, and some people say, oh, gosh, you know, it's too long, and... Um, why didn't they edit it more? And it's just because she's famous that, that no one's prepared to edit it. But actually, that's that is her style. She likes to, she starts small and get and gets bigger, and uh, and people love it. People who love like her her books, like her 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 plotting, the way she structures her books, um, and. You know, good luck to her, really. She's a very safe pair of hands. Yeah. And even though along the way you think, oh, what are we on now? You know that she'll pull it all together. So I really like that. The other one I'm reading at the moment is The Prey by Ursa Sigurdardottir, um, translated by Victoria Cribb. Um, it was the Sunday Times, or is the Sunday Times Crime Book of the Year 2023. And what do you think of it? I absolutely love it. I thought it was just going to be an Icelandic noir, but it's very creepy. It's actually mysterious. And if you've spent any time at all in Iceland, you know that what she writes is um, utterly genuine. These places are like this. Right. And it is a place that believes very strongly, as I do, and I know you don't, in ghosts. Maybe not elves. I can't quite go that far. <laughs> But the ghostly. And right. I think it is that thing that if all power was lost, that's what I predicated my books on, that if all power was lost, within two days, we'd all be believing in nasty things in the dark as well. So I really, really recommend that. Um, and is, is, it a, is it a procedural? Is it, is it, is it a, or is it a, a, a mystery? Or It's hard to say because I'm only halfway through okay. it. Um, but it certainly 
kind of mysterious. You it think is, are the police a, involved? Oh, police are involved, but there's a sort of ancient crime that may or may not have anything to do with the um, four... Well, five, really. The four hikers and their guide go missing. But there's also backstory. You see, the week before they go missing, what's happening in this isolated hut well, and sort of know it's going to be bad it things. quite creepy. But yeah. it really is excellent. And, of course, because she is Icelandic, she utterly knows the weather, the landscape. It's, I, it's one of those books you can't wait to go home and read. And my <laughs> final one is um, A City on Mars. This was actually Richard's book that he wanted for Christmas. Um, it's, the, it's posited, can we settle space? Should we settle space? And have we really thought this through? By Dr Kelly Wiener-Smith and Zach Wiener-Smith. Um, and the conclusion is, should we be settling space? Probably not. We probably would be not. better settling <laughs> Antarctica. Okay. It would, even Antarctica, would be like a thousand percent better than trying to settle anywhere else. Right. But, but I mean, they don't want to settle on Mars, presumably because they want to extract minerals and, and mine it or something. Is that how it works? Or? The worry is, even if that's true, that the concomitant is that we give up on trying to do anything about what we're doing to the planet here. Because it, this is just the most perfect planet for us, and we shouldn't be trashing it. We should actually be trying to adapt because whatever happens, it's going to be better than what's out there. But what I loved about the book is that it's written, written for idiots like me. So it's very accessible. It's very funny. It has funny, not cartoons exactly, but it looks like it's almost a book for children. It isn't. It's very adult. It touches on cannibalism. It's anything you'd want to know, Tim, like how to have sexual relations in space how to do poo in space, which they have more evidence right. for, okay. obviously. But if I said to you, what would be the number of viable people? So, no, put it another way, better way. What is, in fact, it's got a name, it's the H, HSV, the, the human sustainable um, how many people would have to be in a settlement to make it last five generations of isolation? Goodness. So you've also got to not get too much inbreeding going on. So you, you have wouldn't a certain, want inbreeding. You've got to have a variety of, uh, I don't know, 100 people? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, reckoned, I reckoned about 100 to 150. It's actually 30,000, wow. which is extraordinary. The very least you could do is probably 10,000, but that's not allowing for a catastrophe of some order, which there generally is within five generations, like the pandemic for us, Goodness. like the Black Death, whatever. So that astounded me, and it's full of astounding facts. I love it. Right. Very good. Very good. Well, enough of me, Tim. What were your books? Um, well, as I said, I've been reading quite a lot over, over Christmas, but I've been reading quite a few books that are, are going to be published later on in the year. So I won't talk about those. But three I'm going to talk about are a book by Tim Pears called Run to the Western Shore. Uh, this is kind of set in Roman Britain, or more specifically Roman Wales. And it's the story of two runaways, the daughter of a chieftain who's been given as a hostage slash concubine to the, to the governor, uh, and a an educated young slave and uh, for some reason they end up disappearing off together 
Um, and uh, so it's it's about their escape from this Roman settlement and running to the western shore, running to the western coast of, of Wales, um, where her 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 clan come from. The problem, of course, is that is that if the Romans catch them, they're going to kill them, and if the if their if their clan catch them, they're going to kill them, and they're probably going to die anyway because it's pretty pretty tough out there in the wilds. Um, so that's basically the, that's the premise of the story. It's only a short little book, and uh, it's nicely written. It's perhaps undone a bit, in fact, by by the fact that it is so short. But um, it's mainly a description of of the of the natural world that they go through because obviously it's uncontaminated by mm. by um, the Anthropocene. It's you know it's it's basically just it's it's pretty virgin territory, and so it's it's really nicely done. Sounds like one for me, Wild it, Wales. It probably does, actually. Um, the second book is The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. I don't know if you remember a book she wrote called Almost English, uh, maybe about ten years ago. Um, it's a witty, smart book about, about a Hungarian immigrant family and, and trying, to, trying, to, uh, trying to be English, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, it involves uh, some, some very, very funny scenes. So this book is quite different. It's, it's about... A very dysfunctional family, where the 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 father of this family is a sort of narcissist artist. Um, the wife, who is far more talented, but is un- unable to practice her art at all because because of his his narcissism and his huge ego. And it all comes to a head around a gathering of the family for his grand art exhibition, uh, and um, there's lots of things, lots of side plots going on. Um, she's kind of sort of having an affair with another woman um, the daughter is is meant to be getting married to this guy but is secretly about to leave him that everything's everything's going on um, and it all comes to when they all come to a head when they all they all they all get a gather for this big function so it follows kind of pattern of a lot of books I suppose where you, you people are, there's a big event happening and people gather for a big event and then the, it all falls apart is it a romance essentially or uh, not really no right. Okay. It has elements of that, but it's not really a romance. It's only that so that's such a formula for the romantic novel that there yeah. that there's the big event. Yeah, no, I mean it, it isn't really. A, uh, uh, I mean there are elements in it, I suppose, but it's it's it's, it's a contemporary. It's a contemporary novel, right. really about um, which is very sort of a, a sharply observed. It's subtly witty about sort of misunderstandings and and the monster and his monstrous behaviour. Um, <laughs> But it is it is a it's a it's a it's a well written book and um, I would she's recommend a good that. writer. She's a good writer. The third one I want to talk about was, is Impossible Creatures by Catherine Rundell. Ah. Now you you probably know about I'm sure you know about mm. Catherine and the fact that she's this extraordinary sort of polymath. She's a she's both she's a fellow of all souls, a, a, a literary biographer. She's written this biography of John Donne, the poet. It's brilliant. Super infinite. She has written a book on rare rare animals called The Golden Mole, and she's written several children's novels, including The Explorer, which I think is is a really fine um, mm. example of mm-hmm. the of the genre. Um, this is her first foray into into fantasy. Um, so Michael Morpurgo has called her the new Philip Pullman, and yes. Philip Pullman has called her the new Tolkien, and, <laughs> uh, and I don't know who Dot Tolkien hasn't called her uh, uh, or anything yet. But um, it's it's a cracking story. Um, I think it, it 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 needed to be longer, in, to my mind. It's actually too short, really, for, the, for what it's trying to do. I think. Um, but it's part of a trilogy, isn't it? It's the first part of a trilogy. Is it? Yeah. 
Uh, Which might account for Well, that. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it did seem a bit rushed to me. Okay. Some great ideas in there. I haven't read it. Okay. So. And there's basically the, 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 the conceit of the book is that there is a place somewhere where all the mystical, ma- mythical creatures live. So the griffins and unicorns and you name it, uh, mermaids. Uh, and the idea is that this place is inaccessible to, to humankind um, because, it, uh, by magic. And um, and that's why these creatures are able to survive because they used to they used to inhabit our world, but but they we used to kill them off. So right. so they they're now in, in this in this world, and for some reason, there's this boy who who managed to enter this world and meets this girl who's trying to save this world from um, because the magic is disappearing, mm. slowly dissipating, and and creatures are dying. No metaphor so, involved. Well, you know, it, it is. Uh, it is. It's pretty heavy on that. But it's so. It, it it is about how we can. You know, we can solve this problem. We can. We can get to grips with it. Um, so as I say, there's a lot of ideas in there. Lots of things to unpack in there. But but, I feel it's quite. A, it's quite a. It is quite a slim book. And mm-hmm. um, and you say it's part of a trilogy. I mean, it, it kind of comes to a natural conclusion. So don't worry if you if you're thinking, well, oh, I've got to go read them all. But actually, this book does it's it's neatly done. Um, but I would recommend it. But I think it has, you know, I don't think it's perfect. I I think they've only devised the trilogy right. latterly okay. actually because they didn't say it at the start. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see. We will see. That's your third, isn't it? it is. Excellent. So. Um, were you going to talk? Is that what's coming out? A book by Benjamin Myers. That's what I've done. Is 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 I've got a, a list of some books that are coming They're out. Coming out in um, in the next month or so. Okay, I'm segueing that way because we don't have a guest this month. So I thought I'd actually do the reading now, which is from the Offing by Benjamin Myers. Lovely. So that's quite good. So this is from The Offing by Benjamin Myers and there won't be spoilers because it's quite near the start and it's a bit that reminded me so so much of one of my wild walks where I go through what I call Badger City. It's about a young 16 year old, I'll say more probably when I'm talking to Tim but it's a 16 year old boy really having left a mining village and discovering life. I followed trails through whispering meadows and rutted thickets, vaulting stone walls, climbing stiles and passing through kissing gates whose top rungs were worn skull smooth by the clammy palms of several centuries of passing land workers and hill wanderers. I took an even narrower lane that was not built for vehicles, then at a bend in the way the track dipped into a wooded pass and here I crossed a shallow ford by ancient stepping stones where time was once again imprinted by the hollowed curves of hobnailed feet on cold-hewn rock. I couldn't help but wonder if these stones would still be standing in another hundred years' time, or whether the stream would be poisoned, the old cottages wrecked, the pastures overgrown like neglected cemeteries. Would, I wondered, another war consume it all? I was following an ancient network of paths, each a winding groove carved into the arid brick hearth, a notching of time. Deep down in the cool, dark throat of one such subterranean route, I saw a badger set 
burrowed into the dirt bankside and surrounded by mounded heaps of impacted soil. Dry, they rose to six or seven feet in height in places. These sculpted slopes led into winding chambers embellished with freshly scratched claw marks. Here were hieroglyphics, a wordless poetry of sorts, and close by clear patterns of tunnelling runs led away through hedge gaps and into the long grass of the surrounding pastures. The vast set's passages must have run for forty or fifty feet in any direction, pressing deep into the tenebrous domain that had been colonised by this enigmatic animal for generations. They were portals to the kingdom of these fascinating creatures. As the sun shone down in a series of shafts to the dry pressed earth and highlighted the claw mark calligraphy, I paused for a moment, aware that I was more than likely close to a family, asleep down in their earthen bunkers, the outside world muted. I took a swig from my flask, but found it empty. I noted the location, then crawled beneath a fence to cross an open field, trudging shin-deep in waxy grass, through which the incoming sea breeze gently whistled. Guided only by gravity's pull of the downhill camber, I soon met another track, and then turned left off it. Something drew me down that lane, even though it had the appearance of leading to a dead end. This was to become one of those moments when life presents a new path whose importance may only be fully understood in years to come. Anyway, that just gives you a flavour of it, Tim. Have you read The Offing? I haven't, and I, I've been strongly recommended it by several people, so I must read it soon, actually. I really enjoyed The Perfect Golden Circle, which... Um, oh, no, I haven't read that. Well, it, it's, it's a gather that's completely different, but it, 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 it's set in 1980s England, and it's very much about Englishness oh. and about um, the countryside and these two strange, strange people who become friends... Uh, for no reason other than that they kind of they kind of live in the same village and they and they seem to really have anything in common at all but they they're friends they're just odd they're odd fellows they don't really fit in at all and they they become they come they have this job which is to make make the perfect golden circle but you oh, have to read the book I have to read it that's yeah. actually he obviously is keen on friendship anyway moving on what have we got to look out for Tim okay there's a few books I was going to mention first I'll start with some fiction. There's My Father's House by Joseph O'Connor is, is coming out in paperback um, imminently. And um, it's a novel set in 1943 in Rome, uh, and it features a priest, an Irish priest, in the Vatican. Um, now, what happened in 1943 is that the, the, the Nazis in, sort of invaded Rome, and but didn't go into the Vatican area. So they surrounded uh, um, this little... Uh, city state within within a city and um, this this priest is in there and he starts getting involved in rescuing uh, allied airmen who who have who have uh, are on the run and hiding them in the Vatican and then getting them out and, and escaping them which is of course fraught with danger because once he's if he's in the Vatican he's kind of safe but as soon as he steps over the line he's 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 fair game um, and he's, of course, he's, he's, he's a neutral because he's, he's Irish. So it, it is a, it's a cracking story. It's kind of, I suppose it's kind of a literary thriller, I suppose. It's not a straightforward thriller. Um, 
and uh, Joseph O'Connor, of course, who is Sinead's brother. Oh. Uh, it's just a little, little factoid about him. He's also, he wrote a book called Star of the Sea about 20 years ago. That's how a, I knew him, yeah. so I'm quite surprised. My expression of surprise was I still view him as a slightly older person than Sinead O'Connor's brother, yeah. but actually she is older. Than, <laughs> I know. Um, Star of the it, Sea was good. It was good, very good, yeah. That, that was a book about, about, for those who don't remember, it was about a ship that sails a, across the Atlantic full of Irish immigrants in the 19th century. So um, that's the first one I was going to mention. Second one is Cuddy, which is also by our, our friend Benjamin Myers. Oh. Um, uh, this is this is again we talked about hidden writing different and odd odd book not odd books but different books this is about the the uh the saint saint cuthbert oh. who is the sort of patron saint of the northeast um lived on Lindisfarne and a great scholar and bishop of of durham and, a hero of john mitchelson right okay well there you go he's he's I mean, he's, he's somebody he's somebody that that is kind of uh and if you're from that part of the world and you're religious, then he's very much a, a key figure. And he's he's written a slightly strange book, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Actually, I haven't read it yet. Um, which which is partly written in prose, partly in play script, and partly poetry. It's all sorts of bits and pieces. And because he is a, a poet as well as a right, novelist. Yeah. Right. So I think it, it's a it's a, it'll be really interesting when that when when that comes out in paperback. So then over to non-fiction. Um, I've got a historic, historical book called The Wager by David Graham. Oh, yeah. Now, he wrote a book of, um Yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's... Uh, the next book I'm going to talk about is The Wager by David Graham. Now, he wrote a book um, called Killers of the Flower Moon, which is made into a film oh. um, with... with uh, Leonardo Leo, DiCaprio. Leo and, and others. Um, but this is set... It's a, it's a, it's a true story set in the in the middle 18th century 1740s i think um about a shipwreck it's subtitled the a tale of shipwreck mutiny and murder and the idea is that is that somewhere on the south coast of uh, somewhere in south america um a a life a raft comes in and it's got these people starving people on it and they go we're we're, we're the survivors of this wreck anyway so um but then a month later or so um, another load of people come in and they go there's a bit of terrible mutiny murder blah 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 ah. so this is the story it's all unpicked in a great big in, in, uh, by, in great detail and apparently he writes it like a, like a thrill I'm really again really looking forward oh. to reading that so that's my that's one of the book I'm going to be reading next um, and um, it's had some it has some great some great reviews and it's just out in paperback all I'll say quickly before you go on to your last one is I find that epitomised the thing that irritates me now, that they don't tell you what a book's about. They advertise it and you just have this picture of the cover and it will say, you know, it's a story. Well, they don't even say that. They say, must read. This is a fantastic novel, says Tim O'Kelly of One Tree Books. What is it about? And that's why I hope this podcast is so useful for people. Well, hopefully. Thank you, Tim. Uh so the next we're going to talk about is a book called Strong Female Character by oh. Fern Brady now uh, she you may have come across her she's a she's a stand-up comedian um, she's a she's a funny lady um, but this book is 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 not really one of those funny books it's a book about uh, having uh, being on the autistic spectrum she's oh, she, yes. she's uh, which um, people think 
or people t- used to tell her, oh, you can't be autistic. Firstly, you're a woman. <laughs> and secondly, you've had good relationships. Therefore, you can't, you can't, be a, you can't have autism. But of course, and people you know, misunderstand, misunderstand what, what actually it is. Yeah. It's a book about her, her mental health breakdown. Uh, it's full of intelligence and thoughtfulness and, and humour. And also great sort of tragic. It's a, it's a tragic story in many ways as well. Um, but uh, it's a it's a cracking read, and you won't be able to. Did she down. have a st- sort of strained relationship with her mother? She did. Ha- yep. Okay. She had a strange relationship with her mother there was and something with on the television and with other people as well. Right. Uh, so it is. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a really interesting book. Say again, what its title it's called was? Called strong female strong character. Strong female character. It sounds brilliant. And she I certainly is. So the next book is is from one of our old friends, Roger Morgan Grenville, who who we've talked about before. Ah, yes. We've had him on had him on the podccast and on the on the radio program. Um, the book is called Return of the Grey Partridge, and it's right. um, it's about reintroducing uh, wildlife to the South Downs, and uh, in particular this particular this grey partridge. And he's written with um, big a big la- local landowner, um, the Duke of Norfolk, who who owns the Arundel estate, and. Um, so it's a, it's about you know restoring restoring nature. So uh, I haven't read it yet. I'm looking forward to reading that one as well. I've got lots of books I've got to read. I like it because his books are never dry. There's a lot of him in it with his yeah. good yeah. sense of humour. If, yes. it, if it's like the others, well, hopefully it'll be like the others. Yeah. Looking forward to it. No, that's brilliant. And finally, a book called The House Divided by Barnaby Rogerson. Um, this is uh, subtitled Sunni Shia and the Making of the Middle East, oh. and it's basically a layman's book because he's not an academic um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very thoughtful and intelligent writer but he's also he's a great traveller and publisher of, of travel books and this is exactly what it says it's, it's the story of, of Sunni and Shia and how um, Islam came to be divided between these two, these two strands and, um, and how that, that division basically is is, is how the Middle East kept, was sort of created as, as, as this group of, of uh, warring, you know, sometimes, well, warring, it's not the right word, but the different, of different um, um, groupings. Mm. So I think that's, that's, that's going to be really interesting. So almost a necessary read at the moment. Yeah, I think, I think it, it, it explains a lot about what's going on right now uh, in that part of the world and uh, why things are more complicated than you than you think so is it sounds like there's a lot of really good books coming out is this a sort of time of year where that's the case well yeah i mean some of these books are coming out in paperback for the first time um that's the the, the o'connor the, the 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 myers the gran and the and the brady are all coming out in paperback um and the the barnaby rodison and, and the morgan grenville are coming out in 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 hardback so uh, yeah no it is a good time um i mean obviously the best time for for certainly new fiction coming out and big biographies is is the autumn mm. um, but a lot of them then come out in the spring as well mm. I think increasingly actually I think they're trying to like they did with cars they're trying to have two climaxes a year rather than just the one yeah I mean uh, uh, there is the problem in that in the, as so many books come out um, at the, in the Christmas pre-Christmas period things get flooded out you yeah. know, and you, you, you miss things Um uh, but then that's where a lot of people buy books. They buy them as gifts, you know. So it it it's tough. You you publish it in January and it's a quieter time, but uh, but less there's less chance of it actually, you know, getting it sold in big quantities. 
but you often get more coverage in the papers because there's, there's there's more mm. space. True. So that's good. So, Tim, have we got a guest lined up for February yet? Have you got any notions? I haven't got haven't got anybody lined up, but I've, I've got a few ideas. So excellent. We'll 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 keep, keep so we'll watch this that. space. Watch this space. So listen out. Um, it's been lovely to chat. Um, it feels like ages ago since we recorded the December edition Um, and so it is really great to be back in the studio (laughs) (laughs) anyway you can catch us via the website or where you normally get your podcast from on Spotify or or anywhere else lovely and we'll see you next month thank you Tim thanks Susie bye by volunteers in Petersfield. This is Shine Radio. Oh, it's like being in a little family. Um, I love the community spirit. I like coming out to events like this. This is my first event with Shine. I'm honing in on my editing skills right now. I've been allowed free reign of the controls this weekend. And yeah, I'm just learning loads of new skills, being able to broadcast, interview. It's really good. Petersfield's Shine Radio. You make it shine. Call Petersfield 555 500 or email team at shineradio.uk.